This podcast is a labor of love, and too often, labor by Black women happens without compensation. If anything in this episode resonated, and if you're taking anything along with you today, please consider donating to our Patreon or sending funds via Venmo. All information is available on that'snolongermyministry.com. Also, wherever you're listening to this episode, please consider subscribing and tuning in to next week's community release. Bye, fam. What up, fam? I am doing something a little bit different with this week's episode because I didn't have enough time to work on an interview for this week. I was prepping for a big milestone, a big goal of my own, and instead decided purposefully to shift my energy and attention to myself and make sure that I was taken care of first this week instead of putting together the episode that I wanted to put together for the podcast. And I'm not going to lie, I'm glad I did that. And in lieu of that, uh, one of my friends, in fact, the last guest on the podcast, Nellie Coffey, Um, I hope you got to check out our latest episode, The Magic of Shadow Work. There's something really special about the practical advice that Nellie gives us, but also the spiritual cleanse of the words, of the stories that she tells, and just the messages that she was trying to get out. And I really feel um, the responses I've gotten from that episode has been great so far. So please let me know how you feel. But what I'm trying to tell you now is that she told me in a recent just check-in, um, we were catching up, that I should do some solo episodes and just share bits and pieces of my own healing journey. And I thought I would start with this one because I just accomplished something really great, something that's been on my my vision board, my visions for 2022, but something I've actually been thinking about since mid, early kind of mid 2021, and that I decided the very beginning of this year, as soon as the new year hit, I decided I'm going to do it and I'm going to be proud of myself for doing it. So I wanted to start with this reflection. Um, And during this season, I think I'll sprinkle in a couple of shorter episodes, reflections from me along the way. So if you haven't gotten a chance, season two of That's No Longer My Ministry is out there. Anywhere you want to listen to podcasts, um, we have it linked in our Instagram account, which is that's underscore no underscore longer underscore my underscore ministry. So check that account out subscribe where you listen to podcasts and we've already released three episodes this season the first with uh, Mayuk Barua the second with Rosie Lopez she's nine so if you want to listen to a different kind of voice check that episode out and this third one with Nellie Coffey um, an entrepreneur who really speaks to what shadow work is and how you can unpack your shadows and use that information to heal, and I hope you check that out. I know I've gone a little bit off track, but just wanted to catch you up with the season so far, and now that I have, hopefully you've made it this far, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the work I was doing. So um, let's just go ahead and walk through the segments like I normally would, right? I'm just interviewing myself this time. So You've Been Told is the first segment, and 
setting this story up is I have always felt a type of way about my body. I have always felt really large. Um, you know, I've dealt with body dysmorphia most of my life, not really understanding what I see when I look in the mirror. Um, sometimes I wake up and just feel like I'm expanding. Like I have some really harsh uh, words for myself sometimes. And, and, and in feeling this way about myself and feeling like my body isn't the ideal type, um, nor is it capable of doing very much. I led myself to believe that I really wasn't any kind of athletic person um, didn't enjoy physical movement or exercise, working out as we were told, right? Working out fitness. Um, these are words that never resonated with me. And I finally got to a place of loving working out during the pandemic or even a little bit before that. I had gotten into hot yoga and just like connecting with movement, reconnecting with my body and um, enjoying that experience. And I'd gotten there pre-pandemic with hot yoga during the pandemic focused at my on my at-home practice. And so things like Peloton, um, the app, you know, I was doing yoga classes through there. Um, I did, I'd done some running classes just outside. And I just really enjoyed how the instructors spoke to their wellness journey and thinking about it as movement and thinking about it as just being able to do it at whatever level you were and not putting so much pressure on it. And I was able to see myself do all these things and enjoy them and get better and get stronger. And it just kept becoming this place of data for me. Like, you've been told that you're too fat, that you're too big, that you're too inflexible, that you're too whatever. But here I am you know, doing these classes and beating my own records. Like I'm, be I'm competing with myself. I'm getting better. I'm seeing myself taking these strength classes and getting stronger. I'm, I'm just capable of doing things that I've just been told so many times in so many ways, whether it was intentional or unintentional, that I can't do hard things. And I've believed it. And some days I still believe it. And I find it to be a story I tell myself that gives me a reason not to try. And I don't like that. So, you know, what is no longer my ministry is letting internalized myths of our bodies keep me from doing what I want to do. Whatever it is I want to do, whatever it is that I'm scared of doing but I enjoy doing, I want to move with confidence in that way. I want to move in that direction. I want to work on it so that I feel good about it, so that I can prove to myself it's just not right. So that's no longer my ministry. You know, this is very similar to a lot of my guests. I know when I had Isaac on here, they talked about fear no longer being their ministry. This is very much related to that, you know, with, and this, that was from season one. Also in season one with Charlicia McKinney talking about your pleasure practice and, um, yeah, just doing things that feel good when you connect your mind and body, feeling in alignment 
with your pleasure practice. And running makes me feel good when I feel like my mind and my body are connected. Movement makes me feel good. Yoga makes me feel good when I'm doing a pose and I can feel it clicking and that my mind, it just satisfies something. So I engage with one of my pleasures by engaging in movement. Um, and so it's the work for me, huh? <laughs> like the work for me was committing to running a half marathon. It sounded impossible. And I wrote down some thoughts because I was going to post something just like, you know, post on Instagram, a little photo, a little video, maybe, um, because that's usually how I talk about what happens in my life. But I have a podcast and all of this is related to the purpose of my podcast. So I started to write down some stuff because I didn't want to forget details of the experience and um, it became this big reflection and I thought let me just go ahead and record this and share like I said some moments of healing through my lens every once in a while in this season and also you let me know what you think you know give me a thumbs up <laughs> or something not a thumbs up just like shoot me a message I mean ask me questions comment on the post that, um, you know, where this goes live, uh, slide into the DMs on Instagram, you know, just let me know what you think about hearing from me solo every once in a while, as I, you know, also engage stories with other people. So this is, yeah, this is what would have been an Instagram post, but instead, I'm just giving it a little bit more room to breathe on the podcast. So Two days ago, I ran a half marathon. I ran 13.1 miles. It hurt the most at mile 12, but I started to feel my feet hurting at mile 10. I started thinking about how far the end was at mile eight. Miles one through seven felt wonderful, like seriously, wonderful. I felt like I was just gliding across the ground. I honestly didn't even feel like my feet were hitting the pavement. It just felt with like such ease. I thought about how grateful I was for movement, for being outside, running off my anxiety and squashing any hint of depression. On miles three through five, I thought about how the trail by a creek reminded me of early days of running near my brother's place when running at home was the only thing keeping the peace, when my mom was sick, when getting outside and just running would take those feelings away, would make me feel at home in my body, in my world. Shit, I sang Lovely Day by Bill Withers on my way to mile eight. I sang it to my best friend who chose to run alongside me in rows of grapevines all the way through 13 miles just to make sure I could safely and confidently complete this milestone. I thought about how grateful I was that I had a friend like that. At mile nine, I started focusing on my tempo and each time my left foot hit the ground, it was like I was, I was counting one every time my left foot hit the pavement. I turned my music up and I told myself to keep moving, keep breathing, and keep doing this very hard thing. 
I had nine miles of proof that my body was capable of very hard things. The next few miles wouldn't be any different. Mile 10 could kiss my black ass. It hurt. Like, a lot. I started to feel tears behind my eyes because I let my mind become the master, and that's when my mentality took a hit. I became frustrated that I couldn't do it. Mind you, I'm still running at this point. Like, I'm telling myself I can't do it as I'm running and running and running. And I watched the irrational and mean thoughts happen as I debunked them in real time. I had a lot of time to think. It was a half marathon after all. When we got to mile 11, I focused on my best friend next to me again, and he focused on coaching me through the physical pain I was in. My legs were cramping, and at this point I was trying to calculate how much time two more miles could logistically take. As my feet, my ankles, my calves burned with each step, I literally was trying to figure out like how long had I been running if I only had two miles left, like minutes-wise, because I had trained on my own up until like 10 miles. Um, I think I had been running... I don't even remember because that was like a slow run day. So like I couldn't really estimate, but literally I was doing everything I can or could do to occupy my mind. And I was just counting minutes and just doing the calculations to stop focusing on the fact that it hurt. It hurts so bad. Um, I started daydreaming about sitting and even laying horizontally. And that shape carried me to 12.91 miles. That's when my friend brought out his phone to show me how much time we had left or how much how much of the 13.1 miles we had left and I couldn't really tell you what was going through my mind except for oh my god 13 miles is so fucking long only an idiot would sign up for this I mean truly (laughs) like why did you decide 13 miles maybe the 10k would have been preferred considering how much long ago you ran that like it was, it was, it was going, I was going through it in those last uh, 0.2 miles. But um, the last bit felt longer than the first half of the race, 100%. The last bit felt like longer than most of the race, to be honest. And when I finished, I thought about when running four miles was an impossible thought for me. And I thought about when running for 20 minutes, like in a Peloton class, felt like a major feat. And I just ran two hours and 33 minutes straight was my final time, um, which was ahead of the time that I had trained to. And my my average time, like pace was like 11, 19 or something um, when I had been training over a 12-minute pace. Um, so, yeah, all in all, right, like – that's badass. That's like fucking crazy. <laughs> I proved to myself that my body could do anything um, that I worked toward intentionally. But I think what is more is that I chose this challenge to prove to myself that I can endure. Uh, that some days feel like miles one through seven. And some days feel like running uphill for four miles when it sucks every step but you just do it anyway because it makes the next moment just a little better. And if you keep at it, you see more good than bad. And when bad does happen, like those days that three miles feels like shit, it doesn't actually mean anything about your progress towards your goal. 
because just a few days earlier, you might have run nine miles and that might have felt good. There's a lot of healing that went into this race. It was my first time, well, it was my first time ever doing a race. I'd never done a 5K or a 10K. I just went ahead and started with half a half marathon. Um, but it was my first time going up against a fear that I've had that has absolutely everything to do with how I've been socialized to feel about what my body type is capable of. This is the first time I've done anything about that feeling, about how angry I've been for years that I didn't even realize I liked moving. I didn't like movement because all I've been told is fitness and weight loss and all this <laughs> bullshit about being a certain size. That's why you work out, not working out to feel good in your mind and in your body and confronting this fear that I just couldn't be a runner I just couldn't possibly do something this strenuous, this hard. That is, well, it's amazing to me that I've done that, that I can say now I ran a half marathon. I ran 13.1 miles. Just, I just got up and ran it. Like, I did that. <laughs> like, that was me. Um, and while conquering this, fear felt and still feels really good I have to say what I learned along all of these months of training have been far more valuable and impactful for the way that I'm hoping to and choosing to live every day of my life which is that what matters more is persisting is trying and doing because without doing either of those things, you'll never move forward. And all I want to do is move forward. All I want to do is complete my goals. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. I don't care, to be honest. Like I'm very proud of myself for completing this within two hours and 33 minutes. But honestly, it didn't matter if I completed it in three hours. Whatever. I wanted to do it, and I did it. And each time I got up every day to run... It didn't matter if I ran a lot that day or if I ran a little that day, but I knew I had to run. Otherwise, I would never get to this big milestone. So I just did what I could. And some days that felt great, and some days it was shit. Some days it felt horrible, like horrible. And a lot of this journey mirrors how I experienced depression. Some days are horrible. Some days are just every moment feels bad and I do the things anyway. And some days I can't do any of the things and that's okay. Just like the days that I had to rest on this journey, it doesn't mean that I can't do something. And as much as this journey has been about proving to myself that my body is capable of more than I've been told or more than I believe myself, I really think what's helped me is understanding that my mind is not going to get in the way of where I should be. That I've had this really awful feeling about myself for a while that my depression or my anxiety, but my depression tends to be the illness that 
I think about often because it keeps me from trying or doing. (laughs) It keeps me in bed. It keeps me unmotivated and it makes me believe bad things about my potential and I feel like I carry this belief that it's going to be the reason I can't do whatever the case may be whatever it is I just won't be able to bring myself to do it but here I am I just ran 13.1 miles and I promise you I didn't want to do it (laughs) I promise you that when I woke up that day, I didn't want to do it. And that a lot of the days I was training, I didn't want to do it. And some of the days felt really good and I felt really awesome about myself. You probably saw it on Instagram. I felt so cool. And some days I would run and cry and cry and cry. And that doesn't matter because I did it anyway. And... I'm glad I decided to share this on a podcast episode because there is an emotional component of this that I can't write about. Um, And I wonder if you can feel it (laughs) through this audio. That's why I like audio because the storytelling can feel a bit richer. But hey, if you've made it this far, you are getting a very honest download of what that race was for me and how how it has helped me heal in a lot of ways and how I'm still reflecting now. Like it took a lot of physical energy, but emotionally I feel also drained from the experience. And so I wanted to give you all this special recording, this special episode, and um, yeah, let me know Let me know if you want to hear more things like this from me as I learn and grow alongside all of you. This podcast is a labor of love. And too often, labor by Black women happens without compensation. If anything in this episode resonated, and if you're taking anything along with you today, please consider donating to our Patreon or sending funds via Venmo. All information is available on that'snolongermyministry.com. Also, wherever you're listening to this episode, please consider subscribing and tuning in to next week's community release. Bye, fam.